Yo, what is up, chumps? <laughs> A day later in take two of the Fantasy Chumps podcast. I'm your, I'm one of your co-hosts, Layton. Joining me as always is Nate and John. Fellas, how are we doing today? <laughs> doing good. Happy the gang's back together. Happy you got that intro right the second time. Hey, you know... Uh... <laughs> We can just move on. Yeah, John, how was your little vacation? It was good. Uh, got to go down to Disney. Didn't have to wear masks uh, walking around, so that was that was nice. Um, Hot. The coolest day we had was ninety-two degrees, so it was wow, it was a little warm. Steamy. Yeah, I actually didn't get sunburnt either, so that that was a win. And we made it back here, and I can still smell and taste. So we're we're happy and we're healthy. Great success. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Nate, you're actually shooting for a new location, so this must be exciting for you. Um, yeah. Can you, can you drop the Addy? <laughs> no, I don't. Not yet. Not really my place right now. Um, but how's your new job going? Oh, it's going good, man. It's, I'm loving it. It's been really great so far, actually. Great conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> super good conversations. Super good people. <laughs> uh, dude, your reaction to the – so Nate had a funny story from work before we, were, we started, and <laughs> the face you made reminded me of the Bill Burr bit, like, you want to go to brunch? <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, I, it was a funny story, but no, it's going really well. I'm excited <laughs> for everything. Excited to start uh, – being a contributor to the company and not just uh kind of sitting there at my desk with nothing to do you know yeah it's always the first, a big goal the first two weeks of any job i swear like the worst weeks of your life you just <laughs> sit there and you feel like a knot on a log just like anxious and just like yeah. helpless and yeah confused awful the best thing about it though is they gave me a book for dummies on how to do my job <laughs> nice. and i would call myself quite the dummy so we're figuring it out well that's good um, let's go morale ahead. boosters yeah that's, that's what i would call it well today we are going over our way too early top 20 wide receivers we decided to do 20 because uh the, the first three we really don't even need to talk about and then it, it's not much separation to like i don't know what would you say like 11 that's probably yeah, when it gets honestly. a little there's spicy a few, i guess there's a few in there yeah i'd say a like couple. after eight or so then you can start it starts getting a little little spicy yeah so we're looking at it, it's like do you really want to like stretch this out for an hour no. about <laughs> oh why do you have why do you have dk metcalf one spot below Nate, <laughs> where yeah. everybody else does. We can have Scott back on to talk about Tyreek. He okay. could probably stretch this to an hour and a half long episode. Yeah. <laughs> John, John, what do you think about having Scott on huh, in his takes? It was a great, it was a great show. I really enjoyed listening to it. And I'm not gonna, Scott. I love you to death. I love you to death. <laughs> it was a little bit off. The story wasn't quite right. Oh I, boy, I, you're bringing it up. I, I am. I am. Okay. So, I would argue the fact that 
Scott may not have been as prepared for the draft as he let on. Maybe just a little bit. And like, I don't know. Maybe hindsight 2020, it's a little more clear. But I don't think Devonta Freeman was even anywhere close to the conversation of a first-round pick that year. Uh, so, just to, to back myself up a little bit. But yeah, the rest of it was was pretty close, and I'll yeah. I'll let yeah I'll let the, the rest of it go. But well, <laughs> well <yeah>. that's good. <laughs> well, that's good. It well, was a, it was hilarious though. Like I cannot stress that enough. That oh. is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And dude. again, Scott, I love you to death. But one of the funniest things ever, dude. One of my favorite parts about that story is we like we stopped the podcast or not the podcast. Well. <laughs> we definitely stop the podcast. Yeah. That. But we we almost paused the draft and we were like, Scott, like, are, are you sure? Like, we were being pretty nice. Yeah. And then when he said, Yeah, no, 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 that's what I want. And I said, Okay. And, and the, okay, so this is something else I want to add. Like, we, I, whenever that happened, I was trying to be kind of discreet about it because, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how everybody feels about that, having somebody help you with the draft. But I was just kind of sitting there, like, oh, No. <laughs> Devontae Adams. Uh, yeah, so that. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on to wide receivers for this upcoming year, and not getting them confused. Um, I'm going to start out with the question of the podcast from at Jash with an A underscore Brown eighteen. He writes in, "Hello." It's Jess, one of your resident, one of your resident wasters of ten dollars every week during the regular season. <laughs> Just a side note: a few of us we have we call ourselves the Parlay Posse, and we make a parlay bet every week. People put in ten bucks, and uh, yeah. What's? Uh, I'm sorry. What's this thing you call a parlay? <laughs> I've never heard of this. Well, yeah, you're right. I've never Alle- heard of it either. We we allegedly. <laughs> allegedly it's all hypothetical hypothetically yeah yeah. and if we get it wrong we just burn the money yeah it's it's monopoly money so it just goes to the right yeah yeah Yeah. and then we play a big monopoly game at the end to see who wins but he says with with tim tebow coming back to the nfl who are some of your former players who you'd like to see or other player or players that you think could still be playing after retiring um who wants to go first because i have my answer but uh, you first. can lead us off if you want. Yeah. All right. I will start. Um, so I'm taking this into account as they don't have to change positions like Tim Tebow did. He didn't mention that in the question, which is fine. So I make it a little bit harder. But my answer would be Calvin Johnson. Like, wow. yeah. yeah. I still think he could ball. I know he's a little older now, but I remember a couple years after he retired, I don't know what website I was on. It was not Arrowhead Pride, but there was a Chiefs article where it was like, oh, Calvin Johnson might be coming out of retirement to come play for the Chiefs. And I was like, okay, that's probably not true. But if that ever did happen, that'd be awesome. Because That would be crazy. Dude, that'd be so cool. Because he was, he's a fun player. He's obviously a Hall of Famer. And I still think he could be dominating today. He just decided he wanted to do what he was best for his family and his health. So I respect that. But my answer would definitely be Calvin Johnson. Yeah, Calvin was a real one. But I uh, 
I don't really know if I can think of any players that I'd like to see. I that I would like to see emphasis on that comeback, but I could still see. I know there's talks about this in the off season with Andrew Luck coming back. I feel like yeah. it's like, he's still not that point where like he would have lost too much, and him thinking about it makes me think that he's still like makes me think that he thinks he's got it still. So I can I can see that. Dude, how old do you think Andrew Luck is? I like thirty two. Yeah, he's thirty one. Yeah, oh. he's super young. Did he retire three years ago? Two years ago. Two. Yeah. How old was Calvin when he retired? Well, Calvin I feel like he is, was like twenty. Calvin's thirty five right now. Yeah. Yeah. He could definitely come back and play tight end. A thousand yeah. percent. Dude, like he has the craziest ball skills I've ever seen. Like if honestly, Tim Tebow's on a starting lineup. He was Calvin he was Johnson. thirty when he retired, by the way. Not on so, a starting lineup. My player, uh, I think I'm gonna switch to the defensive side of the ball. Guy that I grew up being a fan of was Patrick Willis. And he retired kind of interesting. Yeah, kind of a deep name. Not I'm not saying. a huge star, but uh he, he called it quits kind of early too. And so um I was a bit of a Patrick Willis fan. Um yeah. Yeah, that's hey, that's a good answer. Yeah. It's, I guarantee you it's not a, an, an answer that a lot of people would say. But one person I think somebody could say is Adam Vinatieri because he just retired. <laughs> John, I know, I know you wanted to uh, – thank you, Nate. I know you wanted to talk about him for a little bit, John. So He's a goat. I, I just think it's really cool. I mean, how, I don't know how old he is, 45, like 46. He's, he's up there. It's just so cool that like – He's 48. Oh my like, gosh. yeah, he's born in 1972. That dude is old as dirt, and he <laughs> is out there. Brady. He's kicking 50 yarders. Like, I just think that's so cool that a 48 year old can play on the same field as a 21 year old or a 20 year old. I don't know if there are any 20 year olds in the NFL, but um, oh yeah, are there a few? I think so. I'm gonna look that up. Um, but yeah, I I think that's super cool. A question I did have. Concerning Calvin Johnson, actually, is it possible to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, in his case, be inducted in the Hall of Fame, and then come play in the NFL? I don't know. How long do you have to wait after retirement? Three years. Uh, three years. To be nominated then? Yes. yes. I, I, you, ha- you have to like probably officially say, like, I'm not coming back. Like, I'm done. Right. I would think so. I don't. I, I feel like you can't. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, how many seasons did Calvin Johnson play? Nine. nine. Okay, nine. Yes. Okay. And wow, it was fun. Yeah, it was. That was I, I, that was a, that was a good little shout out back to Josh, who is a Lions uh, fan. A Lions fan. You know, didn't really you uh, don't see many of them. I mean that. They're rare. It happened, but I just really. So my my dad grew up in Detroit, so I'm kind of like a low key. Like I want to see the Lions do good. Like it doesn't impact me whether they win or lose, but I, I kind of feel bad for the franchise. So, you know, speaking yeah. and this is way off topic. Speaking of the Lions franchise, 
an absolute stud that I forgot about until I saw an Instagram post. I think it was yesterday. Nick Fairley. Remember when they drafted him and they had Nindamakan Sue as their two starting defensive tackles? Does nobody yeah. else remember that? That was nasty. And then he just did not work out at all. I don't know. He w- he was a beast in college. So to answer one question, Jamar Chase is only 21 years old. Hmm. I feel like wasn't Nikhil Harry 20 when he got into the NFL? Because I know when uh, Tremont like Edmonds games. got drafted, he was pretty young too. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting though. Yeah, Adam Vinatieri. Dude just has ice stuff flowing through his veins. Oh, definitely. His nails. Definitely was. All right. Does anybody else have any other news they want to talk about? That they came across? Uh, 20 oh, and 0. Yeah. Yeah. 20 and 0. Patrick Mahomes on some talk show or in an interview said his only goal for the season or for like the near future in his career was to go 20 and 0 as a team. Okay. We so were he's... talking. Be- oh, go ahead. Sorry, just to clear it up, he was doing an interview because of his uh, charity had a golf tournament in Hawaii. So nice. he did an interview for that. And the girl asked, like, what, rec- what record do you want to break, like, soon? And he's like, well, since nobody's done it at 20, it would be cool. So. But we, we started talking. I was asking. Layton said it wouldn't be possible, which I don't – I think it'll be insanely hard to go 20, you know. But yes, if we were saying – Layton said that we would not go 20-0, and 0, the Chiefs wouldn't, because they wouldn't play their starters week 17 if they had the one seed locked up and they were 16-0. And this started one hell of a debate. Well, I mean, a little bit. I don't know how you don't play your starters in the final game. If you're 16-0 with the chance to, like, make history. Because if we're 16-0 – like, if it was basketball, I'd be like, yeah, go for it. But since it's football, like, I mean, we watched what happened to Eric Fisher last year. Like, he tore his Achilles. Like, was this the last AFC, regular season I mean, game? like, AFC championship, though. Like, that was okay, to go to the Super okay, Bowl. That was, like, everything on the line. Hmm. I, I don't know. I just wouldn't want to – I wouldn't want to risk it. Because all, all he needs is one play and somebody's out. Yeah, it is out. frightening. That's any game, though, you know. No, I I totally agree. But if you're 16 and out, like unless somebody else is like 15 and one, and if you lose and they win, you lose the one seed. Then there's no point of playing. What did uh, the Patriots do that year when they were undefeated? I was going to ask the same question. Whenever they lost the Giants in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, I think did they yeah. start their starters week week 17? I feel like they didn't, but they just won anyways. Yeah. Which is like 2007 season. No. Yes. Yeah, I think it was. Hmm. Trying to see if they played their starters. <laughs> see if you can pull the stats for the last game. Yeah, they became the second team in modern era of the NFL to undefeated 16 0. In the regular season, the only other team to achieve that was the Dolphins in 72, where they went 14 0. Hmm. I like, I really thought they did. I think I was like just listening to an interview with Teddy Bruschi. And he was talking about how they went for it. He's a like, real one. I love Teddy. Yeah, Teddy's awesome. He was saying that, like, players, I think, didn't even, like, give the coaches a decision. <laughs> they wanted to? Yeah, they just wanted to. 
So they it, played the, they actually played the Giants. That's interesting. No way. Week 17. Yeah. That's crazy. That's really interesting. Yeah, December 29th, week 17 at New York Giants. They won what was the score of this game? Fox score I'll do that. They won 38 to 35. So it was like a shootout too. And wow. I'll go with player stats real quick. Tom Brady did play. There you go. So I mean, if Tom Brady's know. playing, everybody else is playing. It was a much different time. <laughs> what, what would you do, John, if you could make the decision for, for a team that's sitting there, you know, 16-0? I can't. I, like, I brought up the one scenario, just kind of joking around more so. The only way that I would is if there was another undefeated team in the regular mm-hmm. season in, in the AFC. So if we were still fighting for playoff position, then yeah. And then I guess, I don't know. I know this used to be the rule. How does playoff position work like tiebreakers now? Is it head-to-head matchup and then like points four? It's head-to-head matchup, and then I think it's the AFC. No, it, or is it division record? I think it's division record. Is it division record? I don't know. I mean, it would come down to if there was a way to lose and then lose seeding, it, basically. If, if it's yeah. locked in, then I just Couldn't don't do think it. it's – Yeah, I mean, like, imagine being, you know, Andy Reid and you play Mahomes and, like, literally, like, messes up something in his vertebrae or something. You know what I'm that like? Would, that would be awful. I mean, like, that is a franchise – like franchise QB of all franchise QBs mm-hmm. just done potentially forever. Yeah. You just can't. Uh, you can't. So it goes head to head, and then it goes win loss tie percentage. The first tiebreaker oh. is divisional opponents. So one team, yeah. chances are that one team have performed better in their division than the other team. Hmm. So. If both teams also have identical percentage against divisional opponents, the second tiebreaker in this category is percentage against common opponents. And then the third and final tiebreaker in this category is record against the other teams in the entire conference. Then, if those are tied to, it goes to the strength of victory and schedule. <laughs> then oh, it goes to that's... how far Patrick Mahomes can throw football. Yeah, then it's a throw-off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's against the Ravens, if, we got. If that's the same, down. then Tyreek <laughs> goes up in a foot race, but Tyreek oh, has to run backwards. Fun. Oh no! <laughs> Put that on ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> that All right. So cool. Well, let's get into some wide receiver rankings. All right. Boom! Boom! boom. All right. So uh, we're gonna kind of go through the at least the top like six or seven, somewhat quickly, pretty quick. Because uh, so number one. Uh, overall is Devontae Adams. John and I have Devontae Adams number one. Nate has him at two. Um, splitting hairs, by the way. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's hairs. not much to say with that. I, uh, I mean, number, this is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, here, here. I'll, I'll, I'll pass over to you in one sec. So, number two overall, okay. we have Tyreek. John and I both have him at two. Nate has him at one. Obviously, can't go wrong either way. Very good. Oh, we also did this, just preface that with the. Underlying condition that Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Packers next yeah, year. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. Um, so is that is that the reason you have Tyreek ahead, or no? I mean, I think it it was like John said, splitting hairs. Like it, it could have gone either way. I was just you know trying to mix it up a little bit. 
more than anything. I could, I mean, I think Devontae in pretty much every mock draft I've seen is going in that like six to eight range. Uh, Tyreek is more on like the turnaround at 10 and 11, but uh, I would be, I think people would be pretty happy to have either of them on their team. Yeah, Devontae is going at right now on sleeper at six, Tyreek's going at nine. Can't complain about that. Nope. So both good players. Not going to really uh, spend too much time on that. I will pass it over to John for his like crush of the off season in Stephon Diggs. I have several. Three. I have several that all play wide receiver, but Stephon Diggs is one of them. We need to have like a, a love, uh, like a fantasy love <laughs> episode where we just talk about how much players we like. We could a do a segment. crush episode. Yeah. We can do like a, a draft week special. Give, give a, me Irv Smith. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, if Tim Tebow makes the if Tim Tebow makes the roster, he's one of my loves. Absolutely. <laughs> but for um, fantasy. For fantasy, maybe not. But Stefan Diggs is one of them. And here's why. He's good. <laughs> he's good. Breaking news, Stefan Diggs is good at football. And so is Josh Allen. And there's eh. not really and whatever. I don't care what you say. <laughs> uh, they're both really, really good at football. And there's nobody else on the Bills roster who can catch a football. Emmanuel Sanders. Five yards downfield. Emmanuel Sanders is washed. I, I would have to applaud that. Yeah, like where he's not in my top forty. Oh, well, no, I'm not drafting in fantasy. I'm just saying for... He's washed. Okay, you know... Where do fantasy points come from? Okay, listen. (laughs) He's not going to be consistent. Hey, yeah, whatever. Uh, No, I don't have any deep stats to throw at you, but Stephon Diggs is really good, and he will not be a bad pick for you in fantasy this year. So so you think... I'm just going to play devil's advocate for fun. So he got 166 targets last year. 1,500 yards receiving, mm-hmm. and you think – do you think there's any chance that – or what is the likelihood you think that will go down? Better question. You mean a repeat? Yeah. Um, I think it's good. I, I think there's a, a pretty decent chance, and, like, those are crazy, crazy numbers, so I'm not going to put a high percentage on it, but I think, like, probably has a 20% chance to repeat that. Which is probably higher than all but like three of the receivers in the league. The other two being Devonte Adams and Tyree Kill, because mm-hmm. I don't really think anybody else has that in the bag to get it this year. Hopkins, uh, maybe. No. Oh, okay. I don't think Kyler throws enough. He got 160 know. targets. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Anyways, um, yeah, little. Uh, Sorry. little teaser, I think Josh Allen should be a favorite for MVP this year. So there's there's that, if that tells you anything. Yep. We know you love him. Um, so I already <laughs> kind of gave it away. Um, overall consensus, we have DeAndre Hopkins, number four. Nate and I have him at four. John has him at five. Um, does anybody want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins besides that he is also really good at football? He wears four – XL size receiving gloves. So one of the reasons I like DeAndre a lot this year is he got 160 targets 
So he got six less targets than Stefan Diggs, and his catch percentage was a lot lower. Like, he caught 12 less balls. So he also only had six touchdowns, which I know that's not, like, bad, but I don't know when. When, like, Tyreek and Devonta have, you know, 15 and 18, you'd think he'd have a little more. So if that goes up, I think he could be a good target. Layton, can I ask you a question real quick? Sure. Do you know what they say about big hands? What? Big gloves. Yeah. John okay. jokes. <laughs> okay. All right. Nice. <laughs> uh, so, shout out, shout out, Ethan. You're welcome. <laughs> well, <laughs> won't won't belabor that point any longer. So I'm going to pass it over to John after our, we discuss the number five overall player, AJ Brown. Nate and I have both that. Actually, Nate has him at five, John at four, I'm at six. So, John, I this is this is all you. Um, it's not like I'm a like a lover of AJ Brown. Um, yeah. I I don't think that's that big of a compliment when you look at who comes after him on my board. But yeah. um, I just think this is kind of where he falls into place. And again, there's not a huge difference between like. I'd say there's a drop-off after Diggs, but there's not a huge difference between A.J. Brown, Hopkins, who comes after. Um, and and so some other on. players. Right, yeah. So I think I like his upside due to who he's fighting for targets on his team. Because no, I don't no. even know who the second receiver is. I feel like they drafted one. Do they have Adam Humphrey still? No. He is... Gosh, he signed a big contract somewhere. Who? Adam Humphreys. Humphreys did? Last year. Really? Yeah. Where'd he go? I can't remember. Oh, he's on the Washington football team. That is not who he signed a contract with. What? Maybe it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Was it? Yeah, they because they released him and he signed with the, the football team. Huh. Uh, okay well um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um chris davis that was is that Corey right? davis Corey davis there it is chris davis my favorite player <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh that's actually fun fact that's an old baseball player i don't know i don't think he's still in the league anymore i'm um, sure there's been a lot of chris davises yeah yeah oh they have josh I, reynolds on the yeah. that is Wow, that is it. That's a lot of talent there. That is wow. I don't even know who these other people are. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's kind of where my case rests is that Hopkins has some pretty solid talent to battle in Arizona for for targets and he's he's not going to struggle to get his target share, but um I think AJ Brown is definitely solidified as the number one option and then some in Tennessee. Uh, very much so. Yeah. I, uh, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, um, so John, you said you kind of make your cutoff after digs. I think I, I'm going to extend that just to Hopkins is where I make my cutoff with like the, the top four elite. And then there's like the second tier after that. And that's just based off of, I think mostly, like you said, who they're fighting off for targets, which I think AJ Brown like lumps into that. But like the other two pieces are, like what the offense is designed around 
and who's throwing the ball. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, Very I, think AJ, I just think with the Titans, like, it is Derrick Henry is their offense, and the other component is that Ryan Tannehill is throwing it to A.J. Brown. He's like – he's a guy I – like well, mid, midway through the season, I'm like, dang, I wish I could have A.J. Brown on my team. Like, this dude's a stud. Like, he also, he's just racking up fantasy points. But, you know, I don't know. I guess – I don't know. I don't think I have a lot of faith in him to, to get him in, like, second round area. I, I feel like AJ Brown he got hurt a couple times last year. I know I know yeah, I don't he's always I, fought injuries over like the last three years, I think. I, I don't like to put injuries as a reason not to like a player, but it, it it's not like he like tore an ACL and he came back. It was just like a nagging injury. And Yeah, no, I it, think that's valid though. And he, I know that he doesn't is like make an, sense. he's an injury prone player, which I mean if you're missing a couple weeks, you know, two to four a year. That, I mean, that's, that's I know it doesn't. This does, this won't make sense, but I feel like it's almost more frustrating when somebody's like fighting through a nagging injury than mm-hmm. like if they're just oh yeah, I twisted my ankle. I'm out for five weeks, and then you come back. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Type of situation. It is. Yeah, it is different than like what like Saquon and Christian McCaffrey are at. You know, had yeah. a bigger injury, just went out the the season recovered and i like i'm totally confident in those guys so aj brown's a little scary i'm not trying to slander what nate said at all but the numbers between accuracy are pretty close between kyler and Tannehill. so kyler completes two percent more of his passes than Tannehill, but kyler threw 12 interceptions last year compared to Tannehill's seven and you can of course look into the deep passes and stuff from last year because i know kyler does like to sling it probably more often than Tannehill. yeah uh, okay yeah i i do think i see that with Tannehill with the com- i guess the completion rate uh but kyler throws it more that's that's just what i was gonna say is i feel like Tannehill caps at about like caps at like 28 <laughs> attempts a game like that, that, is, that that's like, like their trailing arm that night and the rest of the week who do you like, think kyler threw more touchdowns last year uh, say Ryan Tannehill, aren't you? Yeah, Ryan Tannehill did because Kyler Murray ran a lot in, I think. Well, and DeAndre Hill, Hopkins only has six catching touchdowns. There's no way. Tannehill actually, threw so for shocking. 33 touchdowns last year compared to Kyler's 26. 26. See, that's just more of a disappointment on Kyler. <laughs> so that's like, insane, actually. Yeah. AJ Brown only and, had 11 of those. How is that possible? It, yeah, and Derrick Henry doesn't. Yeah, huh. he doesn't. Uh, breaking news: Derrick Henry doesn't have hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, he no he stiff arms. He, yeah, no, you, you tuck you tuck people tuck the ball under his bicep. <laughs> All right, moving on to number six, we have Calvin Ridley. I have him at five. Nate has at six. John at seven. I, I had him on my team last year, so I could be a tad biased, but. He only had two quote-unquote bust games against the Packers week four and week eight against the Panthers. He had about seven points. Every other week he is above 10, normally well above 10. Uh, he was one of those players last year. You put him in your lineup and you didn't even have to really think about it, so it was really nice. Uh, Especially was, because Julio was gone. Yes, Julio was gone as well. And with Julio, we're also in these rankings assuming Julio's getting traded because he is. If he's not, I will revisit it later. But 
Julio got about so, 70 targets last year. Go ahead. So I do want to throw in the quick <clears throat> piece that Leighton and I talked about before the show, just in case anybody has the thought. If you're wondering, Calvin Ridley statistically is actually better when Julio Jones is not on the field, which is probably surprising. And I feel like people could say, well, like, yeah, he's good, but there is the distraction of Julio. Actually, for fantasy, Ridley is a better fantasy player whenever Julio is not on the field, which is a very big piece. And this is another one of my fantasy crushes at wide receiver, even though I have him ranked the lowest. And I feel like I should have put him one spot higher than I did. And we'll get into that here in just a second. But yeah. he could be really good. He, like, he's already amazing. But he could be really, really good. He was a top five receiver last year. He could be, he could high key be top three this year. He could, yeah. He could be like, he could be number one, honestly. Again, again, again. This is not comparing players just for fantasy. He could do what Stefan did when he went to the Bills. Yeah. Because like Stefan was good. And then he's like, whoa. (laughs) So, and honestly, I, I think looking back, I think when Stefan was on the Vikings from a fantasy from a fantasy perspective, I think I would have rather had Thielen on my team than Stefan Diggs because that was when Thielen was going crazy. He was getting like 11 receptions, like 11 to 13 receptions on his big weeks. Yeah. Anyway. So the one other thing I do um, also want to point out is they didn't, they didn't like the Falcons. They drafted some defensive players, but they didn't attack it as much as I thought they would. So I feel like their defense, you know, I think it might be better, but it still won't be great. Is another reason. I know people are a little worried because Kyle Pitts went there, and like I was starting to say, Julio has about seventy targets in nine games. If you divide that up, I, I don't think Calvin Pitts or Calvin Pitts. I don't think Kyle Pitts is getting all those. So we can kind of assume he'll get some, but not all, and then Ridley will get even more targets than last year. So uh, moving on to number seven, we got Justin Jefferson. I have him at seven. John, all the way at six, and then Nate <laughs> at ten. So, uh, John, you can go ahead. Not much here. Um, just had a, again, had a very good season last year. And <clears throat> this is, I think this is something that Leighton and I will disagree on a little bit because – and typically I would, but the one little note that I wanted to put in here was that at some point, I think it is important to draft wide receivers compared to running backs based on who's available. It's easy to go running back, running back, running back, even four running backs if you want to. Like if you're shout really out, shout out to the saddle, the Saturday special, which you guys should check out. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and I have been a big advocate for that in the past, and I think I've even referenced it on this show, yeah. jokingly. Um, but this year, I think there's a lot of wide receiver talent, and at the end of the day, what's going to win you weeks is points. And if you look at the projected, oh, point are they changing totals, that for this year? Uh, yeah, it's a new thing. It, it, yeah, they, it just started. They're still talking about it. They're not sure if, okay, if they're going to do it. Yeah, yeah, no. So if, if it changes, don't, don't. I mean, forget everything I said. But if they do go off of points, which I think they will, not sure. But 
the point differentials are sometimes <laughs> substantial between who's available at running back and who's available at wide receiver. And I would just note to pay attention to that. Nate, do you have any notes? Any uh, uh, one chime in for that? Yeah. Well, I have. <clears throat> okay. I don't really have much to say about Jefferson, but yeah, I do kind of agree with that. I've like, mm-hmm. uh, I've been experimenting more in some of these mock drafts and just like research with like with the like drafting three running backs maybe four if you can get them in that like top two or three tiers there's I think there's a massive drop off in running backs as opposed to wide receivers like I think that like middle class wide receiver pool is like pretty solid but like what you said though it's like how much is that really going to help you if everybody's going to have them so it's like that's when like I do think having like you know Calvin Ridley or or somebody like that that those people and those players become like what wins you weeks i guess running backs are, are valuable because i mean after there aren't fourth, as many after fourth or fifth round yeah there's you've got nothing to choose from but um dang i don't know it's hard i mean it's it's kind of a balancing act and you've gotta gotta time it just right yeah it kind of comes back to uh, quick other note is if you're at the end of round one and you think about drafting Kelsey, you should also consider drafting like Tyreek, Stefan, or Devontae Adams. Because have you changed your position on that, or was he's I wrong gas- about it? He's gassing this up. Okay. <laughs> no, I like. Okay, I, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't been doing many mock drafts at that range, so Ooh, I don't know. Actually, I'm glad that you said that. I wanted to give an update on how many mocks I think I've done. So <laughs> it's uh, June. Yeah, it's bad. I have a disease, but I also blame it. <laughs> I'm with you, John. Don't. <laughs> I also blame it on the fact that I just drove to Florida in an RV, and on the way down there, we took three days to get there. So <laughs> let me <laughs> preface that first. I bet I've done 50 already. John, do you ever find yourself just like drafting pretty much the same team over and over again? Yes, and I don't like that I do it. <laughs> But every time every- I'm like, shush, this is I'm like, man, this team is sick. Bring it some yeah. heat on this one. Yeah, <laughs> like, wow, love this. Yeah, I, I don't know. No I need way to- I lose. Well, so I, I try not to do as many mock drafts before unless I'm just – unless these guys ask me to do one because in our in our main league, I know my draft position beforehand. So it's, I just – for like those two weeks after, I do at least like – at least on sleeper, like one a day, just to experiment. Like, oh, what if you know James Robinson goes at the beginning of the second round, <laughs> Scott? Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, just different things like that to see what happens. So, I am open to it, John. But it only be one of those like top three guys. I don't know that it just depends how it goes. Um, okay, number eight, Keenan Allen, also good at football. Nate has him at seven. I have him at eight. John has him at 10. Who wants to talk about Keenan Allen? I can. There you go. I really like Keenan Allen. <laughs> and not because he plays for the Chargers, but yeah. I think he's really good. I think he is somebody that for a, a receiver, he has a really high floor, but yeah. with this, at the same time has boom potential. I was looking at it. He scored over 15 fantasy points in eight of the 14 games he played in last year. And, like, six of those were, like, over 25 points. So, I mean, I just – I like him for where he's going at in most 
you know, mock drafts, what his ADP is right now. Um, I love Justin Herbert for this year. John, what do you And got? he was wide receiver 14 on the year, and he missed three games. Yep. Really good. Yeah. Really good. What did he – what was he at an average? Uh, I don't know. Oh, wow. He was at – he was the seventh best fantasy wide receiver points per game basis. So He you, might – he might be the most disrespected wide receiver in the league. I Let's think he see. sure is, yeah. Um, he's going number seven overall wide receiver. Sorry, number seven wide receiver on ESPN. And on Sleeper, he's not even on the first page. So that's just a show of disrespect. 32 overall on Sleeper. So 11th no. wide receiver. 12th yes, wide thank receiver. You, thank you, John. So, I mean, if he falls, draft him with confidence. I, I'm perfectly fine as him being my wide receiver one. He won't be because Stefan Daddy Diggs will be <laughs> my my number one. Oh but. boy. <laughs> yes, so I would be more than happy with him as my number one. Yeah. He's so good. moving on. Good, good at football. He scores lots of those points, you know. Yeah. He, he scores lots to... of those points. Maybe those are important. Yeah. He, he with it Herbert too, he actually started scoring a lot more touchdowns. I know with Philip Rivers, but again, it was Philip Rivers. He's probably watching his 18th kid. Um, did throw a lot of touchdowns. trying to throw the dirt gum football down the dirt gum dirt, dirt field. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> moving on to number nine. I'm just gonna pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> we have DK Metcalf. John has an eight, and Nate and I have him at nine. John, why are you one spot higher? Ah, oh, because I'm terrible at this. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't have a rationalization for it. Um, I think Tyler Lockett's a bust this year because, oh. oh my gosh, I was just gonna, I'm gonna pull it up real quick he's, because he's kind of needs, a big bust at the end of the it year. It needs to be known. Where do you guys think Tyler Lockett finished last year? Ah, uh, without I looking at like, wide receiver like 19, 24, eight. Wow. Tyler Lockett was wide receiver eight on the year. Holy cow, that is, that is he was on my team. Here, yeah. here, hear me out for a yeah. second. We're just going to talk eight, about Tyler Lockett. Yeah, it just for just for a minute. <laughs> week four, five point nine points. Week five, eight point four. Week eight, seven point three. Week nine, eight. Week twelve, five point three. Week fifteen, seven point four. Week sixteen, seven point four. Tyler Lockett had fifty three fantasy points in week seven and thirty seven fantasy points in week three. He might be the biggest garbage can, like professional receiver in all of football he is is he a, is he a rich phony. man's marvin jones jr oh i like that cop nate i, think, I bet you I think won he week may seven, have just didn't you? disrespected marvin jones marvin jones is more talented yeah week 17 I know who he had I played week seven <laughs> what's what poor soul did i just so that's the only great week seven. Tyler, hold on i'm sorry i'm on a tangent tyler lockett had two three touchdown games that's that's good. That'll do it. Yeah. And I mean, is that w- outside of those two games, he caught a touchdown in three other games. How do you how do you want to look at the, that though? I mean, that is, is that just like do we call those just like if outliers? you can get him in the twelfth round, then sure, draft Tyler Lockett. So John's off of Tyler Lockett. Um, how about DK Metcalf? Twelfth uh, yeah. round. I, that's what no, like you can't. That's what I'm saying is where I think uh, he would just be. Just for valuable. all those curious, Tyler Lockett's number 27 on ESPN as the 27th rated wide receiver. 
Yeah. That's, uh, he, anyway, I think DK is a stud, and Russell Wilson doesn't have any other good receiving options. He's going as the Chris Carson is better. Yeah. On ESPN, number three on sleeper. So that's a stretch, but he's good. Big stretch. Holy guacamole, John. He did have a few best games, but I mean, he's more consistent. So. I mean, okay. I guess I want to hear your opinion now. I don't think I'm crazy, but is that is that a no, good thing in your eyes? Crazy. Well, I I was looking at it like, yeah, I think he's a hundred percent going to regress this year. Like I think, but I don't think to the extent that maybe you said. Like I think when I see those like big games and like big like goose eggs or something close to it that he put up, like I think those are. I like to kind of exclude those maybe just outliers but like the big games it's like at least he has that potential and he does have russell wilson throwing in the ball and there is the possibility that you know dk could just get could get neutralized in the game probably not dk is a freaking monster so i love the comp that you made to marvin jones because of this yeah lockett's gonna have those big games maybe Mm -hmm. again we'll see but is he gonna be in your lineup for it that's i mean yeah, because, I guess if I if I because for me there's no way if this dude's had back to back weeks of five point nine and eight point four there's no chance and off of a bye week no chance I'm starting him. Yeah, All right. I don't think I, John. I, I don't think you're drafting. I see him, you're so we don't have to worry about that. Tyler Lockett will not be on my roster unless he's in the twelfth round. I'll take him. Mark well, my words. Twelfth round. I'm anyway, Tyler Lockett. Moving on for ten. Chase's favorite player, Michael Thomas. Mm. So, Nate has him at 8. I have him at 10. John has him at 9. Nate, explain why you love him. Uh, yeah, so... I mean, it's two spots, but yeah. Michael Thomas, Mr. Slant. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Slant. Yeah, I think, like, he and Breeze were a pretty dynamic duo. But when I was looking at it last year, it was a very, very small sample size because he was hurt the whole season. Shout out, Chase. But, it, like, it didn't – he was able to, like, you know, outscore his projected production every week for fantasy in those weeks that they had the backups in because there's just nobody else to throw to besides Alvin Kamara. And, like, if that was the case last year, like, it's even more so this coming year. I don't know. I couldn't name another wide receiver they have on their team. Can you guys? Traquan Smith. Is he still there? I, yeah, I actually think you're yeah, right. he is. Which I guess further supports my point. Like I, I like I like Michael Thomas for this year. I wanted him to be bad. I wanted him to be good, really bad. Traquan Smith. Yeah, I'm, it just didn't yeah. happen. So Michael I'm Thomas good. is currently number eight wide receiver on ESPN, and on sleeper he is seven. Is anybody else terrified to draft Michael Thomas? Not um, really, because I think he's going. He's, he's going at twenty targets right now. I'm scared. I I don't think I'll do it. I'm, it I'm depends really where he goes. Like if he's going around Calvin Ridley and Keenan Allen, I'm. I, I, what are you? Are you scared from like injury concerns? <clears throat> I'm scared because there was also okay. So like yes, Michael Thomas was injured last year, but wasn't there also like a huge scuffle? Like there was yeah. some personality issues with him amongst. Mm-hmm the team last year yeah and i don't think that 
helped. In, in fact, I'm pretty sure that he was limited snap percentages because of like team rule issues last season. Like I'm pretty sure even when he was health, I'm putting up air quotes healthy, that he was limited playing time because of attitude. Yeah, and he, so he was, he was a healthy scratch like at least one week. I know for sure. Yeah, yeah he got suspended by the team. So I'm I'm worried about that aspect of Michael Thomas, and because Drew Brees, like obviously being the leader of that locker room, is no longer there, mm-hmm. and because of the talent difference between Drew Brees and Jameis Winston, which you can look at it, you know, glass half empty, glass half full. Jameis can sling it, but then there's also Taysom Hill, and we st- I don't think we have any idea who's going to lead that yeah. quarterback position between the two of them. So. I have a lot of reservations, and I think for that reason, or for all of those reasons, it's just it's hard for me to spend like a third pick on him, you know? Yeah. That's just me. But, I mean, (laughs) it could be the opposite. I mean, a year ago, we would have been talking about Michael Thomas like, this man walks on water. Because Mm -hmm. he, when he was good, he was insane. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if he's that same Michael Thomas anymore. Yeah, it just depends what... uh... It depends how many points he puts up, you know? It, it, yeah, just okay. it depends it's, how it comes back to it. I know. So, well, we will take a break from this, and we will be back right after this quick break. Welcome back. Thank you guys so much for continuing to listen. We are fin- rounding out our top 20 wide receivers in June. So I'm sure this will update as we go on. But moving on now to number 11, we have Allen Robinson. Uh, John has him at number 11. I have him at 12, and Nate has him at 12. So, John, the floor is yours. Uh, Thank you, sir. Um, This is another one of those guys that I could – content slash happy with as my wide receiver one um if he would be my wide receiver one my running backs would be pretty strong i would hope so um last year he was super consistent um from week three to week 16 he was either in the middle category or the top category as far as fantasy production goes um so points for um and his two sub 10 point weeks um were 6.3 and 5.7 so pretty decent production from him and that was with mitch trubisky slash nick Foles. and i hope that justin fields is going to be an upgrade to them we might get a little bit of andy dalton in there um but yeah go for uh <laughs> gosh I'm a Boise State fan, just just to not to get into a tangent, but I can't stand TCU football. Um, <laughs> I, so. I can't either most of the time, so you're fine. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, anyway, so yeah, um, Allen Robinson, he's going to be a good wide receiver this year. Um, hopefully, he'll be a little bit better and he cracks the top ten. Only hesitation is the fact that we don't know who's going to be playing quarterback, but mostly fields. So, Nate, after that, we have Mike Evans. Should be somebody else, but we'll talk about him right after Mike Evans. Um, (laughs) John has Mike Evans at 13. Nate, you have him at 14. I have him as well at 13. 
Yeah, so I've been – I feel like I've drafted Mike Evans in a lot of leagues before, and he's always a pretty solid option, I think. It just – it kind of stinks right now that there's also Chris Godwin, you know, Gronk, and I guess maybe Antonio Brown there too. But I'm a big fan of Mike Evans. I think he's got great hands. He has, like, the vertical uh, – or he's able to high point the ball on people. Is just a great target downfield. Um, he was a little shaky last year, I think, throughout it. He had a couple big weeks, but some where he was just totally non-existent from the game. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a ton to say about him. I'm a little down on Tampa Bay receivers for this year, mm-hmm. just for how deep they are. It's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's they have a lot of options. So after Mike Evans, number 13, we have – Terry McLaurin should be higher, John. John <laughs> has him at 18. Nate and I have him at 11. So, uh, John, you going to care to explain yourself why you don't have Terry super high? Because I'm, I'm going to talk about real quick after why I like him. So, okay. Terry McLaurin last year finished as wide receiver number 20 on the year. He doesn't have a huge improvement at quarterback throwing to him this whoa, year. Whoa, whoa. Dude, I get it, Lander. I get it. Okay, Fitzmagic is a meme. He's not much more than that. Whoa, he single-handedly won the Dolphins like two or three games last year. Go on. A lot of quarterbacks in the NFL did that because that's what you're expected to do. Yeah, but he got he was benched and he had to come in and win. Yeah. Well, anyway, doesn't have much of an improvement in my opinion, but I can see the world where Terry. pops off and him and Fitzmagic have a great connection and Leighton and Nate are right and I'm wrong and I can live with that. But <clears throat> from my draft standpoint, I don't think Terry McLaurin is worth the risk. And the reason why is because I don't think he can finish much above where do you guys have him ranked 11th? Well, I don't, I don't think he can finish much higher than that. And a lot of these mm-hmm. guys that I have in this list, I think they have the potential to finish much higher than the 11th position. So I think that's why I'm so low on Terry because Washington, not an explosive offense. They're just, they're not. He may be an explosive player, but it's not an explosive offense. They will be losing more often than not. Maybe, I guess they made the playoffs last year. Maybe, maybe they won't be, but um, he had a pretty good year last year. And I just don't see, I don't see much room for improvement. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right, but we'll see. So he did kind of, tail off towards the end, but you know, so did the the skins, if we're being honest. And they just ever since like I'm sorry, 13, you mean the football team, right? Who I, who who are you talking this, about? Okay, I, I call them the skins because I hate the football team. I want to call them by their previous name. I wish they just went with the Washington skins. That wasn't funny. Uh anyways. Uh week thirteen when they played the Steelers, they just double teamed them and so did the 49ers and then he missed a week. So it was kind of left a sour taste in your mouth, especially for me when I had him on my fantasy team in the playoffs. But before that, he was solid. He only had one game under 11 points before that. And just because Ryan Fitzpatrick feeds his main target. So that's my my big thing. And where he's going to, he's not going like super crazy high. Marcus receiver 11 on ESPN. So I think it's a good – it's a good pick. He won't – I feel like he won't bust 
he might not be he might not have top three potential, but I feel like he won't drop out of top twenty. So. Is Cooper Cup a good comp in years years past? Is that a good comp to Kinda. Terry? Kinda. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, moving on. Number fourteen, we have Robert Woods. Nate, you have at sixteen. John and I both have him exactly at fourteen. Kind of weird how that worked out. Um, I I like Robert Woods a lot. He I just kind of wrapped up saying the same thing. He will not be a top five or top three wide receiver, but he's not going to be below like top twenty. Or and that was with Jared Goff. I know he had kind of an up and down year. I have firsthand experience of that, but. With Matthew Stafford, I feel like his targets are going to be a lot more better <laughs> analysis, I guess. But he's also going to – I feel like they're going to change the offense too because whenever I'd watch the Rams play, he just got a lot of like these little screens or like three, four-yard passes because Sean McVay didn't trust Jared Goff. I feel like they're going to let Cooper Cup and Robert Woods be actual receivers and run more routes than – you know. A 12-yard curl route or what have you. So I think he could be a lot better and more consistent, but he's always a good option to go with at a wide receiver. So definitely high floor. Um, the ceiling is kind of to be determined. He's, he's on a pretty short list of people who are receivers in the NFL that can get 100 receptions. Yes, absolutely. Great for PPR. Oh, for PPR, he's awesome which is what we typically play in. But, yeah, he finished as a wide receiver 13 last year. Nobody thought that, but he did. So it's kind of crazy. Kind of quietly goes about it. Quietly goes about it. Caught 90 balls. Again, this is from Jared Goff, so it probably will go up. So moving on to number 15. Sorry, I had to switch tabs. We have Amari Cooper. Nate has him at 15. Oh, wait, we all have him at 15. <laughs> consistent so yeah Nate, I, i'm like not food. huge on amari cooper and it's just that like there's cd lamb there and there's also michael gallup and there's also zeke it's kind of like a poor man's bucks receiving core a little bit but i mean yeah. he's really good like i'm looking at his game log right now and there's like there's multiple weeks where he's getting over over 10 and 12 targets and without in, that. like with well Couple, most of those are with Dak, but yeah, there's he. He was consistent last year. Is all I can really say. I mean, he had one bad week when Dak went out against the Giants. Another bad week when they got pounded by the Eagles. Not really sure how that even happens. And then another bad week when uh, the 49ers shut him down. But other than that, like he is your high floor kind of guy. There's what? gonna be there's gonna be games when. I think he's there's just the possibility that he gets canceled out from their lineup, but um, dang, I like him. I just it's a he's a little too too rich for me. Going wide receiver, wide receiver thirteen is a little too rich. You think for you? Yeah, I think so. I understand. He, I he's he's going he's going in company with Evans, McLaurin, Robinson, Julio, and yeah. these mock drafts that I'm looking at. Like, I could see just, him. That's tough. I can see him falling past those guys, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. Because, um, yeah, he's going with, like you said, Robinson, McLaurin, Cooper, yeah. Godwin. Like, 
I mean, none of those are bad options, yeah. so it just kind of depends who you like. I, I, he's really good, and it's just like I think I'm more high on C.D. Lamb for this year just to make another major leap going forward in his second year. Right. Um, we'll see there's, that goes, there's that quarterback fella in Dallas. I don't, I don't know. Moving on to uh, <laughs> number 16, we have Chris Godwin. John has him all the way up at 12. Nate has him at 18, and I have him at 17. So, John, you're clearly the most bullish on him. Tell us why. 12 might have been a little ambitious, but <laughs> uh, let, me, let me make a case. Chris Godwin was wide receiver 31 on the year last year, and he played in 12 games. Of those 12 games, he had seven where he scored 15.2 fantasy points or more. He did catch seven touchdown passes last year in six games, but he only had one game of 100-plus receiving yards. So those stats are kind of all across the board, and they lead to different conclusions. But I think the games played for me – is probably the biggest differentiator because if you remember in the 2019 season chris godwin had some monster and i mean monster games and so i think i like that aspect of the boomer bust at this point because i definitely am a little bit higher than the consensus and the typical fantasy football um player if you will um so i think i like his boom ability and if he's healthy which i don't think he's had injury concerns other than last year no two um, years ago he's hurt too for a good chunk of the season was he yeah 2018 uh no 2019 he was out two weeks last year and the last week i don't know if they were playoff contenders he didn't play in week 16 or 17 in 2019 why doesn't why didn't it say he played in the first six weeks on this? Anyway, go on. Anyway, um, so as long as there's no injury concern, I think that he's a um, he's one of those guys that can be a big difference maker, and I feel like that's a pivotal point in the draft as well because you're kind of getting into your like fourth, maybe you're probably your fourth round pick. You could get Chris Godwin, and I feel like that's a point where you he's a extreme value and he could be like, if he's a flex for you, I mean, that's, that's definitely incredible. So um, I guess a fourth round pick wouldn't be unless you'd taken three wide receivers. Anyway, I think he has tremendous value where you draft him. Yeah. He's a good player. He, I think I'd be okay with him being my wide receiver one. If I had to. Ooh. Hopefully not, but definitely. We'll yeah. Hopefully not. All right, so at 17, we got Adam Thielen. Nate has him at 17. John, 16. I have him at 19. Nate? Uh, yeah, I had I had Thielen last year, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. Um, he's part of the reason why I'm so down on Jefferson for this year. I, I think Jefferson is insanely talented, but I just think Thielen's kind of a target grabber. He's a red zone threat. Um, oh, I know all about that. Yeah, you, you know all too well. But um, I don't know. I have I have a lot of good things to say about Thielen. I feel like he's usually a pretty steady steady player. He had a few, you know, very low games last year, but and those were probably correlated with uh, them uh, feeding Jefferson quite a bit. But 
man, I, I, I kind of like him for where he is right now. Some of the mocks I'm doing, you know, he's falling in the, in the sixth round. Even I think that's a grab. If you, if you go for like the three running back start to draft, um, if you can get him as your wide receiver one or two or one or two, um, I think you're, you're doing pretty good. Well, even if we, even if he's going in the sixth round, and let's say draft three running backs and two wide receivers Four, ahead of him in any yeah. order, if he's your wide receiver three, that's pretty good. Yeah, he's uh, looks like he's going after, uh, or uh, he's going right after OBJ, Robert Woods, Lockett, Cooper Cup. He's. I, I don't know he, why he's around them. I don't know either. I mean, he's somebody I would I would definitely reach for him over over Lockett, even though I was defending Lockett's honor in our uh, little little battle, John. But <laughs> I think just for I don't know. I think Thielen's pretty consistent. Yeah, as long as he's playing, he's actually pretty good. We need to get Tyler Lockett and Dak Prescott on the same team. Oh jeez. I thought you were about to say on the show. <laughs> I mean, if they awesome. want to be on the show, <laughs> they can definitely join. <laughs> They can tell me how much of a piece of crap I am. <laughs> they would. They I, I don't even care. Would. I would have the biggest grin on my face. <laughs> and uh, guest appearing today, we have Dak Prescott and Tyler Lockett. <laughs> All right, Nate and I have to go now, so you guys have fun. <laughs> All right, coming in at number 18, we have Julio Jones. Um so we, I told everybody to do this under the assumption that he's getting traded. Obviously, we don't know where, but I have him ranked as 16 right now. He has about 13. John, you have at 21. Right? I like tough. Julio. He's over, he's over the hill. I'm okay, sorry. when he played last year, he was pretty good. I, that's what played. I'm on to. The, I am bitter. Okay. The reality is, is that I have drafted Julio Jones each of the last three seasons, and it just hasn't gone well. It just hasn't. I don't know how else to say it. So, week one, 24 points. Then he got hurt in week two. Came back week four. He got hurt again. And then week six through nine, he played. His total was 33, 17, 21, 16. Then he got a bye week. Played week 11, got hurt, came back week 13, kind of played, but still put up 15 points and then didn't play the rest of the season. I mean, when you play that few games and you get 68 targets for 700 yards and three touchdowns, it, I, I don't know. It depends where he goes to, obviously, so that's all a big factor. But wherever he goes, he's going to be the number one wide receiver unless somehow he comes to the Chiefs. That's what he is. If he was, also, we're probably going to have a – we're going to dedicate half a show to that if he, wherever he gets traded because it's going to have so many domino effects on everything. But, yeah, I mean – Can we drop a Can we drop a quick prediction? Sure. Go Each for of it, us. Then. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be bold. It's not going to happen, but I'm going to be bold because I want to see it. He's going to get traded to the Green Bay Packers. Ooh. Definitely. Definitely bold. Nate, where do you think he's going? Uh, I think I was talking about the Colts maybe being maybe a good fit for him. Seems obvious. I would hate this, but I've been hearing the Chargers recently. Wow. Um, yeah. I but I don't think he's actually going to go there. I just want to throw that there. The Seahawks have been talking. 
And that that'd be the most Seahawks thing to do, even though they have two for football. They have two really good receivers. If they added him, I that would change my rankings of DK. Wait, it was out. it was DK and who? Who was the other really good receiver? For football, Tyler Lockett is good at football. DJ Moore? Yeah, DJ Moore. The, uh, what was the Baldwin dude? that Doug Baldwin? Is yeah, he still Baldwin? <laughs> I didn't know he was still on the Seahawks. No, you were He will, he will be on the Seahawks forever for me. If I oh, see yeah. like any like number 89 jersey in Seattle, like Percy Baldwin. Percy Harvin. That is a name. That is a name. Deep, is a name. deep tracks only. All right, so coming in at number 19, we have Deontay Johnson. I got the lucky straw of talking about him. He was on my fantasy team last year. He kind of annoyed me, I'm not going to lie. Um, but he's good. He got a lot, I mean a lot of targets. He got 144 targets last year. Only caught 88 of them because he drops balls. But He loves doing that. Loves to do that. Whenever he did, like from week seven on, he was pretty much unstoppable. He had week eight where he didn't do well, and then he had week 14 where he didn't do well. But every other week, he was 12 he points was, or better. He was solid. He was so he – he, I don't – John, help me out here. I don't get it because he's like – I don't good, know but he's why – I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He feels like he should be bad. Does that make sense? I, I Yeah, I feel like for fantasy he's good, but I would not want him on my football team in real life. Like If he was on the Chiefs, I'd get so frustrated with him. More than McCall Hardman. There's no way he can get that many targets again, right? Juju's bad. Uh, Juju's kind of a fraud too, though. I don't know. I don't really Juju's talented, but I feel like I just I don't know. I don't know. From week nine on he was great. Like if you were lucky enough to have Deontay Johnson on your roster last year, I feel like he could have like big time helped you out. Yeah, I but hard to trust. Like he that that is a perfect example of a guy who would be hard to put in your starting lineup, I think. Because Yeah. Yeah, like potential to get kind of (laughs) went in a sequence where he was okay, so he had one breakout game in week seven. Well, technically, he had a breakout game in week two. Then he had 0.9 points. Then he didn't play. Then he no, had 0.8 me. points. That was a COVID, COVID Tennessee week. Right. And I think it was a COVID week with Cleveland also. So he had 0.9, 0.8. Then he goes off for 29. 1.6 the following uh, week after that. And you're not and talking he was prob- that. He was probably in your lineup that for that 1.6 game. Oh, he was. And then 14.1, you're like, uh, so you're probably deciding between two players. Then he goes for 23.6. Okay. Then it's probably your one of two weeks where you had him in your starting lineup where he was good. 23.1, one, 11.6, 21.18, 19.9, 21.6, 12.6. So you maybe got three good weeks out of Deontay Johnson. Yeah, it, it's tough. because Even right though now, the numbers were there. starting Right now he's ranked as the 16th yeah. receiver. He's going ahead of Adam Thielen and Julio Jones and Chris Godwin. I, I just don't love him that much. Personally, I'd much rather have. He could be a breakout guy. Three guys after, but he could. Yeah, it's just you don't know. Take your shot. You're drafting him super late. Like, yeah, yeah. 
All right, coming in at number 20, our last player we're going to talk about, Nate, is DJ Moore. Yeah, I'm pretty high on DJ Moore for this year. If you look at his game log from last year, it's just kind of split. I mean, on Sleeper right now, I'm looking at it. It's a lot of green. It's kind of a lot of red, too. But I guess what's encouraging right now is that he got a lot of targets, but his reception rate was not super uh, attractive on those. Uh, and no. But the positive is that that was Teddy Bridgewater throwing him the ball. I'm big on Sam Darnold for this year. I think Sam Darnold's in a good spot now. I think he's going to succeed or at least, I guess, secure a job in the NFL. I don't know how good he'll be for, for fantasy purposes or anything, but I think DJ Moore will be a big uh, beneficiary of that. Okay. So I'm, I'm high on him. I'm also kind of high on him now. I wish I would have known this before we ranked because I would have put him in my top 20 ahead of Deontay Johnson. He got franchise tag this year. So mm-hmm. it's a contract year. Anybody listens to or did listen to Therese Paler, the contract year is undefeated. For some reason, well, actually, there's an obvious reason. Because the contract's coming out. Everybody wants to ball out so they can get paid. And it tends to work out so... That's kind of the reason why I'm big on Godwin, DJ Moore, and all these guys who have one year to prove it to go get you know another good contract. So, I, he changed his number too. If that means anything, um, that was throwing me off, dude. Yeah, he changed to number two. I don't love that. Might move him back down. It's weird. It's going to take some getting used to. Like seeing those single – like Jalen Smith going to number nine. What? It's going to look so weird. I don't know if I like that. They expanded it, which was nice. I don't think they – they may have expanded too much. but Yeah, he dropped like 600K to do it too, which I guess if you're Jalen Smith, good for you. No, no, that's 600. I can think of a million other things I'd rather do than change my number. Think of all the Dogecoin you could have bought. (laughs) Anyway (laughs) – that rounds out our top 20. How about each of us just go through and give an honorable mention that we didn't talk about? Uh, okay. Tommy, I feel like I've been silent for a little bit. Uh, so talking about DJ Moore, whenever Nate brought up the fact that Sam Darnold is a new quarterback, it made me think about Robbie Anderson. And I'm not saying he's in contention for my top 20, but Robbie Anderson was a bit of a fantasy player for a stretch last season for sure but if you think back a year ago that was a quarterback wide receiver duo in new york and it did not work out very well so what is your value on robbie anderson for this coming fantasy season is he a boomer bust guy or is he not deserving of even being on a roster oh uh he's for sure deserving of being on a roster no, yeah, I thought you talked about somebody else. Yeah, Robbie Anderson should definitely be on our roster. Especially for where he's going at and the company that's around him. I mean, yeah. I it, love it. The players after him are OBJ, DJ Chark, Debo Samuel, Chase Claypool, Curtis Samuel. Players ahead of him, Boyd, Juju, Brandon Ayuk. But my point is is that we've seen yeah. Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson before, and it wasn't good. Hey, it was in New York. It was with the Jets. Yeah, it'll be it'll. I don't know, honestly. I'm, I'm. Who's who's Carolina's coach again? Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Baylor. I, I mean, I think he'll figure it out. I think he'll he'll figure out how to utilize it in there. He's yeah. super fast. 
he is he, really yeah. fast. I mean, if he could do it with Teddy Bridgewater last year, like why not? I, I, a, I consider Sam Darnold an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know what everybody yeah. else thinks, but he I is. would agree. I don't like. I don't want to boost Sam Darnold too much because yeah. I'm not like sold on him yet. But I don't know. I could see him being an Andy Dalton esque guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's not bad, but I don't know. Good luck in the playoffs. <laughs> Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. My player I want to talk about really quick is CD Lamb. Nate kind of missed oh, yeah. Earlier. Good one. Wait, were you being serious? I can't tell. No, I, I actually was. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I couldn't I tell because he plays for the Cowboys. Yeah. Dak Prescott's his quarterback. I was like, yeah. dang. It, it, I mean, if the shoe fits, but yeah, in this one case, I was so, genuine. He was really good last year. Had 111 targets, 74 catches for 935 yards, and five touchdowns. I expect that to go up with that coming back. He didn't have a game below 11 points. John, stop. <laughs> John, relax. <laughs> Do you know who is that? Okay, you know what? Stop. Um, ben Denucci. Yes, Ben Denucci. <laughs> so. Whenever he had Dak, he put up double-digit points. I think he'll be better going into year two, and that's it for me. And No, actually, wait. He is going wide receiver 21 right now around DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay, Jamar Chase. Interesting. So, uh, Nate, who's your honorable yeah. mention? Well, he's not in my honorable mentions right now, but it is Odell Beckham Jr. He's my honorable mention. I can't believe he didn't crack top 20. I can. Above above DJ Moore, that's kind of shocking, even though I was tooting DJ Moore's horn. But I'm very excited for OBJ for this year. Why do you see the 33 on ESPN? Which is crazy to me. I mean, oh my gosh. That's 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 a criminal. But is it? um I think so. I just think for OBJ's one of the most talented wide receivers we've probably seen in the last five or six years. Um, it was, it seemed to hurt him more going to the Browns. It's just, it hasn't been their game to throw the ball that much with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, but it seems like Baker's developing along. I, I could, I could see it being a good move. Like I think at that point where he's going, like why not take a shot on him? He, so could, do you want- he could turn out to be awesome. Do you want me to play devil's advocate or just close it out? Um, play devil's advocate. So the only reason I'm not big on Odell, besides the fact that he gets hurt every year, is with the Browns last year, he had three touchdowns. Um, two of them came against the Cowboys when he put up 38 fantasy points. He was nasty in that game. I was watching oh, that. Oh my gosh, that play was insane. Actually, he had three touchdowns because one was rushing. Right, yeah, yeah. The reverse. But other than that, it's like 5.17, 10, 11, 4. I don't know. It just doesn't excite me. I understand he's insanely talented. If he's on any other team, I don't think we'd be talking about him this slow. So I'm going around. Okay. He's going in pretty good company, actually. Yeah. I Robert mean, Woods, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Thielen. That, that's on sleeper. <laughs> yeah, that uh, is on sleeper. On ESPN, he's going after him is DJ Tark, Devo Samuel, Claypool, Curtis Samuel. So when you're looking at those names, it's kind of kind of hard to uh, not pick him, you know? 
Yeah. So since I wasn't here last week, I want to challenge real quick your answer. And we talked about this before the show. I want to challenge your answer to the biggest competitor for the Chiefs in the AFC being the Browns. Yeah. And I, I just, I completely, I don't know. I just, I don't agree with it. We haven't seen much success from the Browns. And like maybe it's coming, but I don't think Jadavion Clowney moves the needle for me that much. And I, I don't like, think that's the biggest acquisition, you know? What is then? Uh, John Johnson, the safety. Maybe he's a big difference maker. Maybe not. <laughs> I I feel like he's not, but he's good. Know. He's a really good safety. I'm not, I, I'm not denying that he's good. I don't think he's like a top dog. Like, oh dang, like the Browns got John Johnson. I don't well, know. Like, the, he's definitely underrated. The thing is, they paid him a lot of money too, but they just needed like a leader on that defense to organize because that secondary is just young. It's talented, but it's young. So, hmm. yeah. I don't know. I, I think I would definitely say, like, for sure the Bills before the Browns and probably the Ravens. No. I don't think you I'm can not, just turn I'm not, it down I'm, like that. Yeah, I'm I, not going to throw out the Ravens. Like, uh, I'm not. But Lamar I just had a bad I, year last year, but he was the MVP. Like, he went off. Yeah, I understand, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like their team's gotten worse. <sighs> they had a good draft. But like, do you agree? They lost that. While the Browns' roster's gotten better, I think the the, the Ravens have kind of deteriorated. Dude, they lost really. Orlando Brown. They lost Matt Judon. I don't even. Oh, really? Wait, wait. Where did Orlando Brown go? I forgot. To the best team in the NFL. Oh, 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 yeah, that's right. And anyway, so they did that. They they signed like a thirty three year old guard to play right guard, and they signed Villanueva, who's like 32, to play right tackle. And then their receiving course, just Sammy Watkins and a mix of bags. They had a good draft, but they, they don't have any good edge rushers to get pressure, and I feel like when they play the Chiefs or any of the top teams, if they don't get any pressure on the quarterback, then they're just going to pick them apart. So, I, I don't know. I think they're they're their lines got worse, so that's why. I'm that's fair. That's fair. I'm. We'll see. I mean, maybe the Browns will shock the world. I. I just don't think Baker's there. Well, that's fine. I think this is the year. Like, they'll make the Browns will make the playoffs. They'll probably win a game, and then because Baker plays bad, they don't, and then they don't resign him, and they just trade up and draft a quarterback next year. Put wow. Roster. Wow. That's a heck of a prediction. Well, it's, I mean, he hasn't uh, yeah. proven anything. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think he'll get paid. Like, if uh, <laughs> this is not me slandering Dak, I swear. But if Dak can get paid, I think Baker can get paid. Oh, you know what I'm sure. saying? Like, yeah. uh, it's hard to, I don't know. It's hard to give up franchise quarterbacks like that, especially with Baker. Anyway, yeah. Well, on that note, Thank you guys so much for listening again. We had a ton of fun recording this. Sorry if the last 10 got a little quick. We didn't want to keep you guys forever. So hope you guys are having a good week, and I hope you guys have a great week and a good weekend. Thank you, guys. See ya.